Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action movies to truly understand what it takes to make a great action film. Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, in a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive, this is Action Movie Anatomy. What's up, everybody? Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. That song, that's my attitude right now. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. I am Ben Bateman. This is uh, the Popcorn Talk Network, where we talk about movies and all things movie-related. I'm joined today by my co-host, Andrew Guy. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. And we have a special guest today, guys. We are joined today by a legend of the movie industry, a stunt woman who has been in over 200 films, some of the biggest movies you've ever heard of. We have the one, the only, Debbie Evans. Thank you. Very good to be here. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. This is really exciting for us. We were looking over your filmography, and we could not decide what movie to do. Uh, there are some of my favorite movies of all time are on the list. There's literally way too many incredible movies on her list. Yeah. You know where to begin. It's insane. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But uh, really quickly, guys, before we get started, I wanted to remind you to please... Help us out with our with our ratings. Let us know how we're doing on podcastone.com. There's a quick survey you can take. It takes about three minutes. Uh, it's probably less than three minutes, quite honestly. If you go to podcastone.com, a little banner is going to load. Just wait. Go to the top. Fill it out. Podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Let's get into the show. Today, we are doing Furious 7, the seventh installment in the Fast and the Furious franchise. And the seventh episode of our show. Yeah, it works out well that way. (laughs) It works out well that way. Uh, So guys, if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We are an action movie show. We dissect action movies on this show that uh, they they have to fit into four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. And rule number four, the movie contains at least one explosion. Now, every once in a while, we step outside those rules because there's a movie so awesome. I would say this movie is a little outside those rules. Really? I think it fits pretty perfectly. There's definitely one explosion. More than one explosion. <laughs> I can vouch for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Vin Diesel only plays by his own rules. But is he's not a police, military, or political. Paul Walker? Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And then Jason Statham is just a genius. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a can, criminal mastermind. A wrench-fighting genius. <laughs> uh, maybe you're right. Okay, kind of hits a few of them. So uh, what I want to do really quickly is we're going to show the trailer. So the first thing we're going to do, we start out, uh, the trailer shows a lot of the sweetest moments in the movie, and uh, then we will share our initial thoughts, kind of our big, bold thesis statement about the film. Let's do it. Uh, so let's roll it. Uh, Give me one second. Yeah, yeah no so problem. Cue it up. So we can sort of talk over the trailer. It's mostly just for the visual. But okay. uh, So you worked on this film. Of course I did. <laughs> yeah, Is that uh, why she's here? Oh, you could do- oh, I see. Yeah, okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did. Do you have pretty positive memories of the movie? Oh, on? yeah. It's it's just awesome working on the Fast and Furious franchise. I just love it. It's one of my favorite things. I mean, it seems for a stunt driver, this is kind of like Most the pinnacle thing in life. of yeah. a film to work on. Right, you know? like, yeah. Right the, the whole thing right. is just stunts, like nonstop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just do chase after chase, explosions, Hello? just all kinds of really cool things. Just yeah. constantly. And it's for months and months. Yeah. But yeah, I was reading something about how the... Uh, the plane drop scene, which we'll get into later, took over 3,500 man hours to film just that one scene. 
Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, I wasn't uh, on that that particular unit because I wasn't involved. I was right. doubling Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, so. on the ground. Yeah, but right. uh, my, all my friends did that scene, and yeah. it was just totally amazing. Yeah, it's nuts. It seems like if you were gonna like make a franchise in a test tube for a stunt driver, yeah, this is this is it. Yeah, you know, you got involved at the very beginning. It's pretty cool. Like, right. Yeah, I I came in on one doubling Michelle Rodriguez, and yeah. it's been quite a ride since. Bet. Um just love it and it's so funny because on one we thought this will never make it yeah, this will never right. do anything yeah. and then it just took off yeah and you know it it's I can't believe we're talking about eight and nine right now. I know, and I mean, when we get into the budgeting, well, it's ob- it's obvious why this franchise is not slowing down whatsoever no, yeah. at all. Yeah, it, it is. It's definitely the the development of the whole franchise is an interesting story. We can start to talk about it a little later. Um, so I while this, this is this is just great right here. Yeah, well, it's amazing. <laughs> Tyrese was actually pretty funny in this part. Yeah, I was actually Tyrese laughing pretty hard. Tyrese is funny. I, I got a big laugh, belly laugh out of that. That was, that I, was heard, great. I heard that basically everyone on this set was great to work with, like the whole ensemble cast. Yeah, this is this is a cool part where oh, we, you know, where everybody drops out of the sky yeah. and hits the ground. That's all real stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, I cannot wait to talk about that with you. Yeah, yeah. this is exciting. And uh, that, yeah, that part yeah, too. There, Coming and jumping, the guy jumping from the—he had a crane he was on. And yeah, he jumped actually to my car, yeah. the back of my car from the crane while you're doing the spin. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I was watching that. And I was like, "Is it's, this real? This yeah. can't be real." Well, there's some CG, you right, know, like the, the background and all right, that. Right. And we did have a limit line on me. Uh-huh. It, it yeah. was a <laughs> cliff, yeah. huge cliff. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it all went, worked really well. Oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I saw I saw in some of the making of videos the. Uh, that, that jump, it's like, I mean, he's, he's jumping. It's like a real, yeah. it's flying oh, off yeah. of a crane and oh, catching yeah. a moving car. Yeah, and and as the bus was going off the side, yeah. he he was actually in the bus and hanging from the bottom and climbing up and oh running. as a, Yeah. Um, you know, they had a limit line on it, of course, and then they did the drop separate, but yeah. still. What is, it, what is the limit line? Uh, it's it's a, either a cable or a spectra, ca- you know, rope yeah. that will keep you from going over the edge. Past a certain distance. You hope. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've right. seen lots of, <laughs> of cables snap and, and spectra get cut. So, yeah. Terrifying. We're getting guy, ahead of ourselves. We're getting too my, excited my, here. My friend Phil was very happy. Yeah. Phil Collada was very happy when that day was over. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds terrifying. So the first thing we do on this show is we share our sort of thesis statement. Uh, cold hard facts, bold statement, whatever you want to call it. And it's just kind of a, a big thought about the movie at the beginning that we kind of will reference throughout the episode. And I'm going to start with mine. Yeah, please. So I'm going to say that despite the financial success of this movie, the rewatchability long term of this movie is going to suffer from the fact that it doesn't star a true blue chip movie star. Interesting. The only person in the movie that I would really characterize as like a blue chipper is The Rock. And he's not really in this movie a whole lot. He's yeah. in the beginning and the end. But the the fast cast, they're grandfathered in by the success of the earlier movies. But there's no, this is not, you're not dealing with vintage Mel Gibson or Tom Cruise or Bruce Willis or one of these guys that was just capable of driving a whole franchise just by himself. Yeah, I mean, this is an ensemble cast that to where this movie is basically the top of all their careers. Exactly. These, this this franchise, excuse me. But I, I don't I don't know if I agree with you on that, man. Like I went back this last week and I watched six and I watched one. Yeah. And they're still really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Despite not having that star. Yeah. I think too that they've been putting out packs yeah. of all of them together. Right. And yeah. I think they're selling like hotcakes. So. Yeah. I mean it's 
despite the tragic death of Paul Walker, I think that people are going back to watch them again because they were reminded just like these movies are badass. They're so fun to watch. So when I when I say that, I should clarify. I don't necessarily mean that any of the people in the movie aren't good. It's uh, more it's more like I watch the movie and I'm sort of I found myself taken out at times by like so right. much action. And I'm not really connecting to most of these actors. Like they, there's not, there's no scenes that are that are connecting me like there were in those those '90s, those '80s and '90s movies we talk about. Right. Where I mean, there's a really strong interaction between two characters, and I'm just like, oh, this is great. I'm totally in, even without the explosions. Yeah, that's you, what I mean. You talk about the beginning of Mission Impossible Three, which yeah, we did last week. It's exactly. just like such an intense, like gripping scene based on just acting, no action, anything. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so I get what you're saying. I, I can hop on board with that. Um, mine is a little wordy, and I, and I don't even know if I'm even saying it right, but. Um, <laughs> So, the epicness yeah. of the unbelievable yeah. is executed so well in these films that it makes it incredibly, palpably enjoyable. It, even though you don't believe what's going on, yeah. it's still so easy to watch and be like, "Yes, I'm on board." You're gonna jump. You're gonna jump this three point seven million dollar car through three buildings. <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm in. Let's see how you do it. And then they do it. You're like, "Holy, holy crap!" Yeah, I like that. I enjoy that. I because you get that in movies where. Things like that will happen, and you're just like, you, you get taken away from it. You're like, yeah. this is too much. I can't believe this. And I think that that is a testament to the, the stunt coordinating in this movie. Yeah. It's all done real. There's so little CGI. Well, except for that. Except for that. <laughs> except for that part. <laughs> except for that. Uh, but even that was so it. awesome <laughs> that uh, they just do it so well that you, you don't care. Yeah. You can suspend your disbelief out of sheer joy. Yeah. So that's mine. So uh, that's okay. I'll take the So what you're saying is that in contrast to most films where the the if most films were to try to execute the level of crazy that these movies yes. do, you would be taken out of it. You know, it's funny because there were some things that when we read the script, it was just totally unbelievable. Right. Like the rock with the cast. Breaking oh, I in. love that part. And, and it's so funny because the things that we thought were just going to flop yeah, when right. we went and saw it. Everybody, the, everybody in the theater is going, yeah. Yeah, totally. And, and we're just going whoa it worked <laughs> yeah yeah and you I just mean, go how in the world could that work well that's i'm just going to jump so for, unless did you i know we uh in in the outline we had sent you we obviously invited you to participate in all of the silly games that we do here if you want to add in a bold thought feel free but i don't want to a bold thought if, if, yeah, if you if you had a bold statement on the movie i didn't want to cut you off otherwise we'll jump into uh, well i just think that there's a lot of room in the yeah. uh movie industry for just a fun movie that people can go and enjoy and not worry about all this uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, social problems and things like that. Sure, sure. Just kind of a getaway. And that's definitely what this movie filled, and everybody loved it. Yeah. True. I mean, that totally is. Like, that, that kind of ties into mine, too. Yeah. Because it's just, it's fun to watch a movie where you can suspend your disbelief, but it's done so well that you're just enjoying it. It's just like a fun summer flick. It's almost like if you look at a lot of the sort of... Um, the genre is incredibly self-aware now. That's what this is. I mm-hmm. mean, this movie, it knows that when the rock breaking out of the cast... Right, right. that wouldn't have happened in one. Yeah, it just sort of knows that the audience is going to cheer how absurd it is, but they yeah. love it. And you look at movies that were self-aware, like take like Snakes on a Plane is a great example of like, that movie was kind of a joke. And it was a joke the whole time. Everybody knew yeah. it was a joke. But nobody really liked it in the end because it was too self-aware. It wasn't mm-hmm. funny. It was like they were in on the joke. Right. These guys are in on the joke, but in such an amazing way, nobody wants to go in and criticize that it wasn't realistic. Right. They're they, in on the joke, but they take themselves seriously. Yeah. It's just doing it in the perfect way. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I agree. It's it's pretty amazing the way it came across. Yeah. yeah. I was blown I honestly was blown away. Yeah. I don't know why I was skeptical. Yeah. Because I've liked every other Fast and yeah. Furious other than Tokyo Drift. I wasn't a big fan of Tokyo Drift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was still okay. Yeah. But, um, 
Yeah, I like I was in the theater and I, I, I the movie ended. and I was like, holy shit! Yeah, this was awesome. Right? And, w- and what a great tribute to Paul. Yeah, um, it's the saddest part. I was in tears yeah. so much of the time because I knew Paul and yeah, since one and uh, you know it's just sad that he's gone because he was one of the real people that cared about others. Yeah, I mean, as a star, you know and. You know, you don't find that as much. You no. hear that about yeah. Paul, actually. Yeah. Uh, everyone we've talked to that's worked with him or everything you've read about him, it just seemed like he was one of those guys that everyone said, like the energy, the positivity just was just... a good guy. He's, yeah, he's exactly. the kind of guy who would go to a park and play pickup basketball with somebody. Right. Yeah. You know? And the guys would all go, oh, here's Paul Walker. Right. And then 10 minutes, he was just one of the guys. And that's how he lived his life. Yeah. I don't think there's one person that I talked to that didn't get teared up at the end, including myself and you. Yeah, I, got I definitely, well. it was, I got choked up. And how was it on set? Because I know the movie almost got scrapped halfway through because of what happened. When you returned to filming, what was that like? It was tough. I happened to be there the first day that uh, the, all of the first unit actors were on set and the, um, the mood was very melancholy. Right. And, um, you know, in fact, you know, Tyrese said a prayer on set. And, right. And it was hard for everyone to get back and get going. But once once we started to get our stride and everything, you know, it started to work together again. Like, Michelle was kind of introverted, and I got her involved in doing a driving scene. She had to do a drive-out. And so I, I played to her sense of uh right <laughs> of yeah. adventure and yeah. I, and pretty soon she was hooping and hollering and having a good time but it's it's a difficult moment you know yeah it's just totally difficult because he just went too soon yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely absolutely um so i think because we were talking about it i want to do fist pump moments before we start into star profiles sure just because you mentioned it, and uh, the fist pump moment for guys that are watching along, this is the first moment of the show where if you guys are watching this, please follow along and tweet at us. Uh, you can you can find you can find my Twitter at Ben Bateman Media, Andrew uh, at Andrew Guy G H A I, and uh, Debbie. I don't know if you want to share a Twitter or a hashtag. I think it's Debbie Evans Levitt. I'm not sure. She's got real things to do in her life. She doesn't worry about Twitter. Twitter, She just hashtag Debbie Evans. Um, And so if you guys have, you know, your own fist bump moment, please share. Uh, The reason I jump in is because you mentioned the rock and the cast moment. And that was my favorite moment of the whole movie. And maybe I'm just the, the biggest Rock fan. It could be evidenced by my my bold statement, which is the Rock's the best part of all these movies right. for me. But just Daddy's got to go to work, and then he breaks the cast. Yeah, it's just incredible. I just saw it. And I was just like, man, these guys have it dialed. This guy is just <laughs> yeah. Who else could do that? Who else no. would you like? They flex out of cast. You're like, okay, I can buy that. <laughs> Uh, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no one. One of my favorite pieces of trivia I was reading about this movie is they're like, to prepare for the film, The Rock had a seven-month training regiment with an intense and strict diet. I was like, when on earth is The Rock not an intense training regiment with a strict oh, yeah. diet? That's all he does. That's seven months. That's just his life. He's massive. He's, he's so jacked in yeah. this movie. He's so huge. Um, on Fast and Furious 6, yeah. I had to, when he was drive, driving the Navstar, the yeah. big you know, big machine that goes over the bombs and oh, the bombs right. yeah, can yeah, blow yeah. up underneath. Yeah. Um, I had to double the, the girl. And so, uh, he had to lean out over the edge yeah. and he took up the entire seat plus more. Yeah. And so I put an apple box next to me and tied it down and, and I'm trying to drive the car while he's leaning out. Yeah. And I, it was just so funny because, <laughs> 
you just can't even imagine right. how massive he is. Right, you're like in this like mini tank type thing, and this dude's still too big to fit in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. It was really cool. I was at the San Andreas premiere two weeks ago, and and he, you know, obviously he was right there, and I definitely was kind of just intimidated and taken back just the size of his shoulders. Just he, uh-huh. <laughs> and especially when he's in a suit too, you know, he's got the extra size of the suit right. and his shoulders, like. It looked like it was fitted, but he was still busting out of the suit. I mean, the guy was just massive. He kind of looks like the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> Only totally not does. green. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, so my fist pump moment is actually, it's also, I'm just going to say it because you're going to get into it later anyway, is also my favorite line. Yeah. It's the same moment. And it's weird because it's not a great line, but from watching these films, you go back to the very first one, it's the beginning of their, they're stealing something from moving cars. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's like what Fast and Furious is yeah. known for. right. And it's right when they all, first of all, it's, they drop out of the plane. Yeah. Tyrese is making you laugh. Uh, they get to the ground and Michelle Rodriguez hits the ground and takes off, which I think you may have some driving experience yeah, with Michelle yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. yeah I did that. <laughs> um, no, she, hits, she did it. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was her. Totally. Uh, is when she hits the ground, she goes, touchdown, baby. Yeah. And you're just like, yes, this is what's going to happen. They're going to, they're going to take Ramsey's, which you don't know what it is yet, you're off right. this bus. And and, it, and you know that you know they're going to coordinated stunt driving. You know they're yeah. going to stealing. Like it was just this is what I want in a Fast and Furious. And right. that moment is when I knew it's like it's about to happen. Yeah. I cannot wait for it to happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I can yeah, kind of like get that on one too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I forgot about that one, but I remember going, yeah, yeah. Same. When, when she hits the ground, so that I was just like, yes. But see, I almost think that's perfect. That's indicative of exactly what we want out of fist pump moment. Yeah, mine's almost too obvious. Yours is exactly what like it's those it's the innocuous moments as a movie fan that you're watching and you totally have that like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because you've seen it before. Yeah. You've seen these all the other movies. You know yeah. it's going to come up next. But come on, The Rock flexing out of a cast. Yeah, that's pretty also, awesome. Also awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, pretty much like the you know we talk about the, the movie The Rock all the time. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any time that Ed Harris says anything in that movie is it's a fist moment. moment. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's sort of the same thing. It's just there's a tone where you're just like, God, this is sweet. Yeah, so in on boards. All right, so let's jump into star profiles because uh, we want to save enough time to actually you know talk about all the stunts and whatnot. So let's uh, start with Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last three movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, Riddick, and Fast and Furious 6. I love this. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good graphic, I bet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, Vin Diesel, like, I, th- I think when you look at these, if, if you look at these three star profiles, mm-hmm. it's kind of more evidence to my point. Like, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, he's the voice of a talking animal, right? Well, tree. Or talking tree, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's, Bradley Cooper's the... Yeah, he's Groot. Yeah, so he's Groot. So he's the voice uh, of a hugely successful film. But, yep. I mean, again, he's cast in that because of the success of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Mm-hmm. You go before that, it's Riddick, another, like, kind of defunct franchise that was sort of rebooted because of Fast and the Furious. Right. And uh, same with Triple X coming out soon. The it's Neutral the same Vice. thing. And Fast and the Furious 6, obviously, you know, these are just money makers now. So it's like, you're not really looking at a guy where you're like, you're being incredibly successful based on your ability to be a movie star. It's more like you're being incredibly successful based on the success of these franchises and yep. they're seeing that you're bankable all of a sudden so they're just pumping these movies back out like it's for me it's not a it's not a question of like good or bad it's like there's sort of the like sparkle on an A-list star and then there's like everything below it yeah. and there's so few of those guys those guys mm-hmm. that you see them on screen and you're you're just sort of you can't take your eyes off yeah, them you're, you're, you're- captured by them you know tom cruise harrison yeah. ford like these yeah. people that just carry this this essence with them you know it's kind of like in basketball when it's like oh let's you know let's go get an elite player well there's like 10 and there's yeah. 30 teams yeah. like, every you know every team can't get an elite player so not every movie can have one of those guys mm-hmm. but uh i think if you you know 
I mean, not to take anything away from him, it's not as if these movies aren't massively successful. Absolutely, Guardians is like one of the most successful movies of the year last year. He's very good in it. Uh, He's I really good in that dark, dark horse Katy Perry uh, lip sync that he does. Have you uh, seen that? No online thing. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Have you seen that? No. He, he, there's like this. I think it's after he finds out how successful Fast and Furious is uh, six might have been. I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, or maybe it was Riddick, and uh, he he sings Katy Perry's Dark Horse. Really, he like records himself in his room singing and dancing to it. It's like five minutes. You guys gotta look at this. It's really? it is hilarious. Oh, wow. Yeah, and not to get sidetracked. We'll get yeah. back on topic. But I just yeah, the guy's awesome. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just certainly a fan. Like I, I remember watching Vin Diesel even as far back as like Boiler Room. Yeah, and like being a fan. You know, he's a guy who like I I kind of want to root for Vin Diesel. Yeah, exactly. do you know what I mean? Yeah, he does play the everyman well. He's like in that sense, he's sort of well. I won't. That's that's recast. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, next, we get Jason Statham. Action, total action guy. Like, mm-hmm. transporter started... I mean, I guess his early career is the guy Richie stuff, but yeah. really the last 10 to 15 years of his career, it's just transporter one, transporter two, transporter three. Crank. Crank, blitz. Yeah. You know, all Tor- these... Yeah, whatever. Like, all these, like, one-word yeah. one titles. Uh, just, you know, him just looking jacked out of his mind there. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty sweet in this. He's pretty sweet. He's pretty good in it. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's a, a good, good bad guy. He's a good villain. So his three movies, uh, Spy, comedy, just came out. Expendables 3, Parker. That's like the three sort of most recent actual ones. Parker, I think, was a huge bomb. I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Uh, not a fan of the Expendables franchise. I've talked about it on here before. Yeah. It's that whole self-aware thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they're too self-aware and they play to it too much. Yeah. Uh, and then Spy, I've heard, is hilarious. It just came out. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, me too. I, I heard that. that. It's the same thing. I heard it was very funny. Yeah. I like Melissa McCarthy, so... He looks, um, from the trailers, he looks like he's cast well. Yeah. He actually looks like if the movie's funny, that he'll be very That's funny. the thing about Statham, is that like he does all these movies where he's the lead guy, and they're kind of like independent or smaller movies, but if you take him and you put him in the right role, like Spy, like this movie, yeah, he, like the Guy Ritchie movies. He's just right, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. And Handsome Rob, Italian Job, he's great. He's, yeah, you're, that's exactly right. He's got that, he's got that thing, uh, some of these guys can play more than one character, he can play that one character extremely well. Yes, exactly. Extremely well. He's, his physicality is very believable. Oh, yeah. He's very believable. Yeah. And, and most of the things I've seen him in, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, I think he's great casting for for that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's great in this movie. Definitely a very good villain in this. I'm yeah. on board. Uh, then you got The Rock, the true movie star of our time. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at his his uh, most recent as opposed to the other two. Yeah. It's, and it's weird. And San Andreas, Hercules, Pain and Gain. That's not like a huge. That's not like a home run resume. You'd no. think for a guy who's pretty much, would you agree, the biggest movie star in the world right now? Uh, no, I don't know about that. But he's massive. Who's bigger? Uh, well, I like Tom Hardy a lot. I mean, he's coming up. He's <laughs> yeah. more respectable and as an actor. At the yeah, moment, I mean, but. it's 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 different because he's got such a different type of role. Like you got the Bradley Coopers, the Tom Hardys of the world, yeah. the Chris Pratts. Like these guys are such a different type of person. Whereas The Rock. He he has his like one thing yeah. that he's so good at, and he's the most recognizable in the world. So yeah, I th- he could be up there. I'm not it's, gonna I'm not gonna say no. It's like comparing in the late '80s or like early '90s, comparing Schwarzenegger and Cruz. It's a Cruz right. and Schwarzenegger were both massive movie stars. Schwarzenegger did one kind of movie extremely well. Right. Mm-hmm. Cruz could do everything. Yeah. But like Schwarzenegger could make more money. Essentially, well, no, that's a great example uh, because I don't think The Rock can play the everyman. No, he can't. He can't. He's too big now. Yeah, you know, like physically, he's too big. He's too big. <laughs> um, so him being the everyman is hard to believe. Whereas those other guys that I mentioned, yeah. they can play the everyman. And that's, I mean, yeah, that's why Nick Cage was like sort of an action star. It's right. like that's why those guys that you can relate to—they're not six five and two forty. Yeah. But I mean, it's amazing. Like San Andreas, 
I think it, you know it's doing pretty well in the box office at the moment. Uh, Hercules was a little bit of a flop, even though you know he trained out of his mind for it. Seven months of training and <laughs> of strict dieting and training. Yeah, exactly. Just the rock all the time. I mean, I file him on Instagram, so I see everything that he eats. Right, it's amazing. Uh, and then Pain and Gain, which, in my opinion, that's the kind of thing that he should be cast for. Pain and Gain. He's as a supporting character. The Rock is the best there is. That's the thing. Yes. That's why in these movies he's so good. Yeah. He's my favorite part of 5, 6, and 7. Where I remember seeing him in 5 and walking out and just like cheering and clapping me like, did you guys see The Rock in that movie? Yeah, yeah. he's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so good in this character as Hobbs. I mean, he said it himself on Saturday Night Live. He is franchise Viagra. Yeah. And you put him does. in a movie <laughs> and it just makes it so much more enjoyable. <laughs> right. Yeah, 100%. So uh, I think that's kind of interesting. None of None of the three of these guys are really on the sort of like... Remember last week when we looked at we looked at Cruz doing uh, Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. You looked at his three previous movies that came out before Mission Impossible three, and it was like Collateral, The Last Samurai, and like War of the Worlds. Right. Those were like three ultimate hit, classic, great performance, hugely successful movies. Yeah. You know, none of these guys are quite on that like that train, which is sort of that's it's a, it's, an, it's an ensemble era now. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> that's why it's that's the casting is perfect for this. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So. Yeah. uh all right, now let's get a little bit into production development, directors, producers, whatnot. Yep. Uh, under production development, the only note I have, 230 cars were destroyed in the process of filming. <laughs> right, there was what, over like 360 cars used or something so like that. Ridiculous. We had some fun. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So when, okay, so when you guys are doing like, uh, you know, your stunts, whatnot, you guys must have tons of, tons of like copies of each car, yes, right? Yes, we do, yeah. You know, four, five, six, seven, just in case one gets banged up in a shot, you gotta quick swap it out? Yes. Uh, I think there were six Barracudas just on second unit, and, wow. uh, let's see, five of the Challengers. Yeah, and just, they all look the exact same. Sec- yeah, just for second unit. Because <sighs> if so, one gets even a little dinged up in a shot, you have to swap it. Um, sometimes. Okay. Yeah, but in a film like this, there's so many different stages of action right. and so many different stages of being banged up. Yeah. So you, you kind of have to go for continuity. So it would be jump in this car, you know, because it's a clean car. Yeah. Okay, now go get the one that's that's halfway beat up. Right. Now go get the one who's really beat up. You okay. know, and we were constantly going back and forth and switching out cars. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Do you, are you uh, at all... Um sensitive about blowing up cars like really nice cars does it or are you just used to it or you just love it now <laughs> uh, i i haven't seen one blown up that i haven't liked yet <laughs> <laughs> right i mean you go out there watching this movie and every car that gets destroyed you're like no yeah, yeah. You know? a lot of people you know the car buffs and everything they're just the classic car guys oh how could you do that how could you and these yeah. aren't and, kit and, cars are they they're the actual no, a model. lot of a lot of times we do um get cars that are just totally beat up and then they just make them look okay yeah and unfortunately a lot of times we have to drive those cars that don't have brakes and the steering goes like this before anything happens and you know uh we have to drive those a certain amount and that always makes it difficult sure but um they do try to salvage whatever they can get something that's wrecked already Right. right and work with it Makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just, yeah, you're just, just burning money. Yeah, just blowing through your yeah. wallet. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's not as if they weren't burning money. The movie cost $190 million to make. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, the, the cars are the stars, too. You know, they're yeah, absolutely. as much as the actors. Yeah, uh, If you franchise. took one away from the other, neither would work. That makes sense, so. yeah. Um, okay, so 
so in terms of the production direction producers all that stuff as much as the cast it's still kind of an ensemble like you don't it's not like you have a big shot writer or a big shot director who's coming in there's you know it's not steven spielberg doing this movie you know you're not talking about like uh I don't know uh, what's what's his name. I don't know the big big time writers. Like Abrams, I mean, have, stuff yeah, like that. You know, you have Chris Morgan coming in here to write it. Right, he he had written Wanted, Forty Seven Ronin, and then a bunch of Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. The only other writer credited that's that's super relevant is Gary Scott Thompson, who's the original writer of the first one. So right, he's so credited he's, as a character writer. Yeah, he's just involved in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, what's the most important? Is the script or is the action? Yeah, a lot of times we've gone to work without a script. Yeah. Without a complete script. Hmm. Makes sense. Do you guys just do storyboards then? Yeah, storyboards and ideas. And then a lot of times what happens is they see how everybody's playing together, you know, the the stars, and it kind of evolves. Okay. And it's funny because movies didn't used to be done like that. You had a script and you stuck to it. Right. right. And uh, this, they seem to have ideas and how they make it work. Yeah. With not having a full script when you start, you know, or they do have something, but it's not what actually ends up being out there. Right, the script just becomes kind of like the filler for all the action scenes that they've it's, imagined. It's a guideline, yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny too, because actually I was going to say some of the moments that I was pulled out of the movie were moments where like a character said something that was pretty clearly an insert that was just kind of like, right. for instance, like they did something crazy, like they, I think like the third or fourth time they switched Ramsey between cars and then Tyrese looks and she's like, I can't I, believe we yeah, pulled that I off! I can't believe we did that again! <laughs> yeah. it's like, really, You're like, man? neither can we, man. Don't call it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's, oh, that, that scene. Oh, God. <laughs> It's like, we 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 were just going. Oh, really? Can't we just make this a little bit more realistic? Yeah. You know, because you got two cars coming the opposite directions, and they're they're doing this, and they're yeah. sliding and 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 peeling I mean, out to create yeah, smoke. Yeah, but you, you've got you've got two cars going opposite directions. Yeah, it's gonna tear her apart. Tear right? it in half. Yeah. yeah, and you just go. Oh, come on, guys! Can't we just make it a little bit more realistic? So in that scene when you guys filmed it. How, did you was it CG like did you slow it no, down like no, super slow no we did it in or? parts okay we did it gotcha. in parts so uh, you know we have the the part where they're coming in and doing the the 360 and the other one's doing a 360 and we put them all together and then in between you you put them on a, a uh, tray that like a oh, hostess okay, tray like a that goes, goes gotcha. around, a lazy susan type thing that goes sure. around and uh, actually they hooked the two cars together and they were they were just that way when burning she, she out crawls the through the window they don't detach and rip her in half right yeah. they were just going right. around in circles and then they just got in close and filmed the the transfer gotcha okay, okay. that makes sense uh, so yeah we, we you know we looked at the production credits one thing that I thought was really interesting is because obviously we talked about how when the first movie came out this was sort of a, a very blatant point break remake it's the same almost the exact premise like t- like to some of the even like the auxiliary characters I mean yeah. obviously you have like you know the FBI agent undercover and the, whatever so the first movie was successful in the same time as like I know what you did last summer and movies like that mm-hmm. same that's the same time period too you know you had like Paul Walker and she's all that and the skulls on those movies so that's like sort of when this came out he was hot Vin Diesel was hot the second movie made less money and Vin's not in it right it's Paul Walker and like Luda and Tyrese in the second one uh too fast too furious I think is he not I thought that Vin Diesel isn't in the second one mm. hmm yeah, he's not right. I don't. I don't think so. He yeah, might have a small okay. part. Maybe right, right. I didn't think he was. And then the third one, it's the third like a one, whole new cast. Well, if the third yeah. one was to come out today, like in, in today's movie market, if you took a franchise and you stripped all the original stars from it, 
and like Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift, that sounds like an American Pie straight to video release. Absolutely. Like that's like that's what it would be today. So it's interesting to see. And even then, it wasn't successful. No. But now it would just get torn apart. Right. So then, obviously, they reinvigorate the thing. Four is very successful, and then five, six, and seven are just insanely successful. Yeah. But looking at the producers, there's one guy, Neil H. Moritz. He's the only producer to work on the entire on the whole series, mm-hmm. all seven films. Yeah. There's not one other consistent producer that worked on all seven. So this is the only guy whose vision one through seven was I. I want to be a part of this. I'm not right. dropping. I'm it. sticking right. to it. Even after three was a bomb. Mm-hmm. Two was kind of on. Three is a total bomb. But he's like, let's just keep going. Let's do four. And obviously, he's repaid by this is the fourth highest grossing film of all time at this point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and he's also worked on. I mean, he worked on the entire Triple X franchise as well. So this this guy sticks with things, even if they don't do well. He he's got faith. Yeah, he's in, he's he's clearly in on Vin, right? Yeah, like, he's in on Vin for he, sure. He's got to be. He's got to be. He's all the Triple X movies and all these movies. That's yeah. like ten or eleven Vin Diesel movies he's done in this career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's big time. So, yeah. um, so the, this movie was directed by James Wan, who has only done horror movies up to this point. I think there was one other that he had done that is sort of borderline, borderline, Andre. but it was it was still. Which, Conjuring. Yeah, Conjuring. Well, that's, that's that's still, still horror. Yeah, right? yeah, I mean, it's they're like thriller horror supernatural yeah. movies. This is his first real action movie he's ever done. Yeah, like the t- true action movie, and right. he got rewarded for doing such a good job on this by doing Aquaman. Yeah, so he's got that with Jason Momoa. I think is yeah. Aquaman, right? Yeah, and um, so you worked on six. Mm-hmm. You know, you worked yes. with Justin Lin, right? Yes, I believe is his name. Um, how was the? Was there a big difference between the two? Um, I was on second unit the entire time. Okay, gotcha. So I really. Didn't see the dynamics that went on. We, sure. we were on the action, the car action unit, okay. unit, which was led by Spiro Rosados, the second unit director, and coordinated by Andy Gill. Okay. So gotcha. um, a lot of times there's not overlap. In fact, there's times where I don't even see the stars I'm doubling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I couldn't tell you a whole lot about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, by the success of six and the success of seven, it doesn't really matter who the director is. That's kind of what point. I mean. I was going to say, like, it, I think it matters in the sense that he has to be he has to be capable to do a good job right. with an action movie. But you're not again, you're not talking Spielberg. You're not talking about a guy who you're going to say this looks like a Spielberg movie. Right. You're going to say this looks like a Fast and the Furious movie. Exactly. Though it is impressive that five, six, six, and seven have had such similar tone. Yeah. Because one, two, and three are all kind of erratic and then four is like like right that middle point I remember seeing four in theaters and I wasn't a big fan of the first three movies like I didn't hold them dearly so I was like oh it's interesting right. rebooting this and I remember walking out of four being that was pretty entertaining I yeah. was pretty entertained and five I remember walking out and just going that was awesome because The Rock was in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> among other reasons of course among other reasons <laughs> uh, so critical box office we'll touch on really quickly cost 190 million dollars to make now that's a lot of money yeah, yeah. it is it's a tremendous amount of money yeah uh, Though, I'd like to have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we can just take it all. We'll split it three ways. It's opening weekend, hundred forty-seven million domestic and worldwide, three ninety-seven. Yeah, three ninety-three, almost four hundred million dollars is opening weekend. Opening weekend, it just about doubled. I mean, this movie made more its opening weekend than Fast and Furious made. Period. In its whole run, the first the one, first yeah. one, yeah. Like this movie was massively successful. It's the second highest all time. Worldwide opening weekend behind Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, right? Which uh, made four hundred eighty-three point two million dollars, which is, I mean, that, like, com- yeah, it's an absurd amount of money. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Um, now, a couple couple statistics here are listed, but one thing I do want to talk about: we have the the list of the twenty-five most successful movie franchises of all time. Uh, we have that graphic we can throw up on the screen. We, we we're going to talk about uh, the Fast and the Furious earnings as well but the, the first thing we want to talk about is it's really interesting when you look if you if you call the Marvel Cinematic Universe a franchise which 
It's a little unfair, I think, just yeah, because it's, yeah, because it's, it's, so it's an, it includes fourteen different movies. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you give that some credit, that that's fine, and and that has made uh, worldwide eight, just just shy of eight and a half billion dollars. Jesus. Uh, number two, you have Harry Potter. Yep. Uh, again, just a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. James Bond, kind of unfair as well, because it's been around movies. since the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Spider-Man, Fast and the Furious. This is the seventh highest grossing movie franchise of all time. That is amazing. And when you look at where it sits, like it's worldwide, uh, Fast and the Furious, we're, we're just shy of $4 billion. Three more. Vin Diesel announced three more movies during the, like when before this movie was released, or right. I think either during I think during it was press before it was this. released. Yeah, during press for this, he was like, "There's three more movies coming out." Right, and, and they're this, already in pre-production for the next one. Yeah, I mean, yes, this movie worldwide total <laughs> as of today, the worldwide total is one point five one billion dollars. If the next three movies make one point five one billion dollars, yeah. this is going to be like number two behind Marvel. Yeah, I mean that's just an obscene, obscene amount of money. I mean, this is Universal's first ever billion dollar movie. It's twice as much money as the last movie made. Twice as much money. In the last movie made a lot of money. <laughs> you know, like it's it's incredible how successful this franchise is. Fastest movie to ever reach a billion dollars, right? Yep. Seventeen days, I think. Yeah. Yep. Uh that's pretty- seventeen days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventeen days. <laughs> that's just incredible. Yeah. You've almost you've almost multiple like nine times your budget. One point three at uh, at seventeen days, I think. Yeah. So Neil Moritz is like he's like, hey guys, I'm gonna go to uh, the Bahamas for twenty one days. Yeah. This could just make me a billion by the time I'm back. That'd be great. That'd be great. (laughs) You guys see what you can do. so that's pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know if we need anything else we need to talk about as far as the budgeting goes. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that this franchise has made almost $4 billion. It's incredibly successful, yeah. and it's just going to keep doing what it does. Even can, without Paul Walker, which I, I had a moment where I was like, is this going to still do... Is it still going to be as successful without Paul Walker? And I, I really is... I think it will. We have to ask It'll be missed, but... yeah. I think Ashraf does a question. Like, so there's obviously some additional success based on his death, like which is which is unfortunate. But it's the same anytime a pop star dies, their albums sell, right? Right. It's the Heath Ledger effect. It, if it happens, there's going to be a lot of attention focused on the movie. Mm-hmm. You wonder that additional attention created by that will it fuel the eighth movie to make make more money, or will mm-hmm. there be a drop off? Because, or or is it that this is such a such like a just a tentpole franchise now that people are going to see it and they're going to say, well. It's a Fast and the Furious movie. We have to go see it. Is that what's going to happen? I wonder. It's a big question mark. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because literally from 4, 5, 6, and 7, they have progressively made more money. Yeah. So does 8 make more money than 7 without Paul Walker? We'll see. We'll find, well, out. We'll find also, out in two years. Also, a big thing with this one is is that it was the first time that they'd done face replacement, putting in Right, the CG else. and the brothers. Yeah. And, yep. Right, using the brothers as... Uh, the bodies and putting in face replacement for actual acting parts. Which they did a very good job of putting... Like, I read that the within the first 15 minutes is the first CG yeah. replacement. And so they kind of interspersed it throughout the entire film. Just so, so that when you wouldn't notice. Right, and so when you're watching it, you, you can't really tell. Like, if you're looking really, really hard, you can maybe see it. But I was trying, and I, I couldn't really tell. Right. You know? Yeah, it is, it is interesting. I mean, if you look at the trajectory of, of, of the earnings, like... To, to imagine what's going to happen. I mean, obviously Tokyo Drift, because it's the only one that's totally unrelated, it's it's like the, you know, the ugly duckling. But right. you have, you know, one, two, four, five, six, seven, and it's 
it's pretty gradual. It's like 207, 236, 363. Then it doubles with Fast Five, 626. Right. Okay, we're doing great. Makes another 160 million the next one. And then it doubles again on Furious 7. Yeah. You just, it can't keep that pace up. This movie's missing. It's not going to make $3 billion on No, the there's movie. no way. Yeah. Or will it? Or will it? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? All right, all right. Let's move on. Let's get on. To, let's get into the, the meaty, gritty stuff here. Yeah. Reason Debbie's here. So the ultimate action scene we're doing today, guys, is the, is the, uh, the plane drop scene. Or yeah. the car drop, plane drop scene. Yeah. Uh, where four cars reverse out of a moving airplane and parachute to the ground and then that was you know they rob a moving bus um so there's a lot of information here and i'm actually just any any quick thoughts that you want to jump in with before we start to list stuff off because this is the most insane stunt one of the most insane stunts i've ever seen period yeah Yeah. it's it's incredible and i think we have a making of video that we'll probably show in a minute as well yeah yeah we have i think i I pulled the scene and the making of okay great you can just sort of play those in the background at low volume awesome the fact that they did this for real is just spectacular i couldn't believe it i really could not believe that they did this for real when i went through and read the notes i was shocked and that's why it looks so good so the cars in, in those shots where the cars are parachuting and there's like uh there's guys who are jumping out with the uh, with the cameras on their heads. Uh-huh, correct. Are there people in the cars, or the cars are just parachuting? No, there's right? dummies in the cars. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Nobody in the cars. <laughs> because those cars, when they hit the ground, yeah. were right. not cars You don't want to be anymore. anywhere near them, yeah. Because <laughs> they had GPS, uh, like GPS parachutes, right? That was how it worked. Mm-hmm. The cars went out at a certain uh, altitude. They would just... I thought it was 5,000 feet the parachutes opened. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 5,000 feet, yeah. It's, it's just amazing. And the, I actually talked to the parachutists uh, just recently. Yeah. They were there for the Taurus World Stunt Awards. Uh-huh. And I had dinner with them, and they were telling me how crazy it was um, that, you know, they had attached, like, bumpers and yeah, things like yeah, yeah. that, you know, that were supposed to stay on the car. Sure. Right. And they, their sense of knowing what would come apart was right on because things were coming apart and they were having to dodge them in the air. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just totally insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to be sitting on one of those dinners. Yeah. Way more entertaining than my normal dinner conversation. That sounds just so nuts. Well, yeah, because you got, you got two of these skydivers that jump out before the car and then the car... Or they jump out after the car. Well, in the video, it shows two before and two after. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, like, you've got this car above you because they yeah. wanted the shots from below and above. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about jumping out of a plane and then having a car come out right after me. <laughs> you know, like, that sounds terrifying. Well, you know, those guys are awesome. They're, they are so good. They can fly themselves, Yeah. you know, away from a situation. Yeah. Or, the whole idea is making sure you have eye contact with what's going on at all times, right. I would imagine. So, uh, so Spiro Ra- uh, Rosatos? Yeah, right? Rosatos. That's your second unit director, right? Yes. So he envisioned this whole stunt. It's like yes. it's his brainchild. Uh-huh. And you said that he sort of became involved in the fifth, sixth, and seventh movies, right? That's correct. And so that's probably why there's that ultra sense of realism with some of the stunts. Yeah, Spiro's, and- Spiro's a, a genius when yeah. it comes to putting action scenes together. Yeah. And, and he's very strong on using things in doing things for real yeah and uh using very very little cgi only what's absolutely necessary which keeps the audience involved sure right so but spiro is is amazing he gets all these things together puts all these people together and keeps it moving like crazy we don't have a we don't have a moment to breathe when we're on set because we're jumping from car to car getting this shot yeah cameras and it's it's pretty amazing the team we got going. Yeah, he was on record in an interview with uh, Business Insider in USA. Uh, uh, Business Insider saying that he was basically totally intent on this being all real 
yeah. that he didn't mm-hmm. think the movie would it wouldn't have achieved the same effect had it not been all real, and he was sort of unwilling to, to negotiate away from that, right? Yes. Because he said that once if this was done all real, this would be one of the hardest action scenes to top ever. Yeah, pretty hard to top, right? That's what yeah. he says. Yeah, and uh, it is. You know, this is incredible. I mean, it's not even just. I mean, this the drop is nuts, but then this, the driving that happens when they're robbing the bus is almost equally it's crazy. crazy. Oh, it's amazing. Right. I love when they're all spread out, and then they get behind the tank or the Humvee or whatever, yeah. and they all just come in a line, I like and then they're, like, pushing each other yeah. to, to get Paul Walker's car up to the front. The like, ramrods. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that so was cool. really cool, because we just all came in yeah. and just married up, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, just... Yeah. Pushing in and oh, it was it was so cool. Oh my I love he says formation. That was another fist pump yeah. for me. Formation. I was like, yeah. of course. I was like, you say formation and your drivers all know to just like, yeah, yeah it's so so awesome, so ridiculous and amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you know not doing too much CGI is so important. Yeah, because I I feel like you you lose a good portion of your audience when they don't believe it's real. Absolutely, there's no jeopardy because people when there is real jeopardy, they're sitting. In the audience, and they're feeling that adrenaline themselves, right? Totally, which is what makes the movie an action movie and something that's very special. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, and and this is a little off topic, uh, but and you've seen Jurassic World. You were you yeah. saw a premiere of it. Um, I wonder if the movie is going to be as enjoyable as the first one because the animatronics in the first one were so good. It felt so real, and in this in Jurassic World, it's all CG. It, yeah, my, my opinion would be that it's it's pretty cool looking. I actually thought the dinosaurs were done very well. Right. It doesn't have... My complaints with that movie weren't actually the that the CG was bad. I thought the dinosaurs were pretty eye-popping. Okay. Um, the, the stuff of that movie that I think bothered me was like, I thought some of the casting wasn't great and some of the script wasn't great. Okay, but interesting. We're, we're doing it next week on the show. Yeah, so we'll so talk about it next week. But that, that's the thing about this film is, and it kind of goes into my, uh, my initial thought. Yeah. Is that... It's all real. Yeah, and that's why it becomes. That's why it's so believable when you're watching it. So I do want to ask, and, and we'll we'll be getting into like sort of some of these questions here in a second. But uh, we did Mad Max on the show recently, and that movie is just getting write ups all over the world right now for its you know its real stunts. And there's all these, I mean, some of the most insane action I've ever seen in a movie. In that movie, mm-hmm. I didn't realize before doing the research on this movie how much of this movie's real. Yeah, and. There, it's insane that the disparity of attention that this movie this movie got all the attention for the money it was making that movie got all the attention for the action they have equally insane action yeah in fact, and, and the thing about Mad Max is everything's going in a straight line yeah so it's really not I mean it's cool yeah and it's good action it's excellent action but yeah. I mean we put it together I yeah mean, there's no windy roads in Mad Max yeah, there's no cliffs that you're almost falling off of yeah. in Mad Max you're not dropping out of planes yeah <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like almost like, I hate to say it because I thought that movie was so cool, but like, it almost pales in comparison to the stuff in this movie. I think it does, man. Cars out of airplanes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I really think it does. And I loved Mad Max and I was blown away by it. But you go back and when I read the notes the first time for this film, I was like, no. There's no way. There's no way. This could be real. And then you find out it is and it's like, yeah, Mad Max kind of pales in comparison. Well, so let's, let's talk about that for a second. So. You were on the, you, the unit, uh, you were suspended above the ground in a car, right? Yes. So, and you were, I read that uh, basically before the drops, you, you had to sort of like rev the engine, get the wheels up to a certain speed before dropping and hitting the ground. Is that right? Uh, kind of. Um, we were up pretty high, probably 200 feet on a pendulum swing coming yeah. down. And uh, we our seatbelts were on and yeah. we're all up there just kind of leaning forward and can hardly breathe. Yeah. 
because the, the car's at an angle like that. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so when we came down, I had to hit a safety release so that the effects guys, when, when I got to the exact spot, could hit the button and release the car. Well, they didn't want to see the wheels spinning when we were coming down because <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. So I'm, I've got my foot on the brake and I'm working the gas against the brake, you know, just trying to keep the engine running and all yeah. that. Cause the worst thing that happened is the engine dies when you're trying to take off. Right. You sure. just hit the ground and you so, just stop. So yeah. it, it worked out flawlessly cause I, I come down, I hit the release, the safety release, they hit the thing. And as soon as I feel the car just, just drop a little bit, I just gas it. And so, so when it hit, it just, what dirt spinning and everything else they cut out of everything too soon i wish they right. would have yeah because we had we were hitting trees coming down and all that stuff and then i had this little tiny road yeah that when i saw it i went how the heck am i gonna right. do this are you kidding me yeah, yeah exactly so um i hit and just gassed it on out and made it just perfect and everybody's going how'd you do that that's so cool like, I, I'm don't Debbie Evans. I don't know i don't know that's what i do <laughs> Okay, who's the best? Uh, who's the best driver of all the actors, all the real life actors? Who who can do their own stunts the best? Well, it was Paul. Oh, he really? was the best driver. Yeah, yeah. Well, I read that the Supra that he drives at the end is the same one he drives in the first. Was actually yeah. his car. Oh, is it? Yeah, the one from the tribute that was actually his car. Okay, so uh, so he was he was a good driver. Right? Yeah. Okay. Paul was a good driver. That's awesome. That's super awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's such a, that's insane. So that uh, it's so crazy too that you say that you were 200 feet back and on a pendulum swing because we read online when we were going through production notes it was like they're 6 to 10 feet off the ground they just drop them to the ground they <laughs> no. hit the ground 34 miles yeah, an hour it just they dumb it down so we, we much we were 6 to 10 feet off the ground when it was sitting there right, you yeah. know, when but you're were, pulled back like yeah, 200 well, feet yeah we were on a traveler you know so it wasn't just a pendulum but it was a traveler that took us down and then you know I had a, a Y pick point yeah so if one of the quick releases hadn't gone off and the other one did, it would have been the wreck is on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. And you talked about this a little earlier, which I honestly couldn't believe that the whole, there was actually a stuntman running up a bus, falling off a cliff. I mean, uh, green room effect, obviously, but, and you're, and you actually swing around and he jumps on your car. Yeah. Cause I was watching that in the theaters. I was like, okay, there we go. That's definitely fake. There's well, no way. Part of it is CGI. Right. You know, um, we had the cliff and we had a, um, a point with a piece of spectra tied yeah. onto my car. And then I could come around and, and just go without worrying about going over the cliff. Right. But that's if nothing breaks and sure. everything stays like it's supposed to stay. So um, then the part where uh, Phil Collada was on, the, on a um, crane... And he had a jump. Yeah. He was jumping to my car. So he's okay. The crane is over the cliff. Yes, right. over the cliff. And but he, he's got he's got to have a cable or something. Yeah, he had yeah. a safety cable. And so the bus is CGI then the actual bus itself or no? No, it's the is it well, the, it's the it background. Is, it is it is in places. Yeah. Okay. So it is CGI part of the time, but the part where you see him running up a bus, they actually have the bus going over the cliff. And him running and and jumping, so that's a real yeah. thing, a real person. Your yeah. Phil did that. Yeah. Now they they didn't let the bus fall all the way down in that particular right. shot. They did a separate shot where the bus just dropped. How fast are you whipping around that corner when he hops on your car? 
Um, probably not all that fast because because it was deep sand and everything. Right. So probably twenty. Okay, yeah. twenty miles an hour, yeah. no big deal. Do you jump off a bus into a car flying around a corner at twenty miles an hour? Those kind of like those kind of moves that they do in all all these movies that as an action fan you almost take for granted. Things like just like an e brake turn, swing out, peel out. Uh, you've done so many of these in your life. Mm-hmm. When you're driving your own car, you're not at work. Do you ever mess around with that stuff or no? <laughs> um, I did, and then I got on assigned risk, and I realized that uh, that probably wasn't the smartest thing. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> unassigned risk. I love it. Money wise and all that. So <laughs> I fe- I found out that there is a thing called cruise control, and it keeps me from speeding sure. too fast because I have a little foot, but I think it's made of lead. Right. You know? I'm I sure. Just won't. Sure. It's so hard to go slow. <laughs> I I can imagine. Yeah, I was so okay. So I wanted to ask you. There was some controversy with this movie uh, with one of the extras, uh, a woman yeah. named uh, where have it? Sulin uh, Lafontaine. Lafontaine, right? And she was an extra who had CG, not, not CG, had photoshopped a picture of her face, uh, basically suggesting that she was the primary stunt woman on this movie. But in the fact, had only done. stunt woman, right. not primary, only. Yeah, and uh, she in fact was just an extra on the movie. When did you catch wind of this? I'm sure you ha- must have. Right? Uh, I had a friend that called me, and she knew the uh, writer yeah. of the thing, and and uh, so she called me and said, "This is a bunch of bogus." And I tried to get her to take it down, and she won't take it down. And so I called the first unit uh, stunt coordinator and asked yeah. him if he'd hired her because. There's a separate unit. Right. So I didn't know if he had used her for something. He oh, said, at this point you thought she was actually doing stunts. You well, didn't realize I didn't, she was. Well, yeah. I mean, some sort of stunt. Maybe sure. on first unit she drove something. Right. I didn't I didn't know, so I wanted to check it out first. And he got wind of it and went ballistic with it. And it got blew out really big on the internet. And oh, yeah. TMZ interviewed me and That's, everything. Yeah, we read about it. And, uh, you know, she went to the premiere. Yeah. When... Um, we weren't even invited to a cast and crew screening. Yeah. We we couldn't get into the premiere. And she was standing right next to my car. Yeah. <laughs> trying to take credit for what I did. And it it was almost like somebody was trying to steal something from Absolutely. Me. Right. It was just really, really horrible. Because it's hard enough for you guys to get credit as it is. And I was going right. to, I want to talk to you about this real quick. Uh, you've won seven Taurus Stunt Awards. Yes. You've won more than anyone else in the world. Mm-hmm. Male or female, which yes. is just incredible. Uh, and to this day, there is still no Stunt Coordinator Academy Award. They have it for the SAG Awards. You know, they have like a stunt ensemble. Uh, but the Academy is yet to recognize that. And how does that make you feel as someone that has dedicated your life and pioneered women in stunt driving? You know? Well, I I do not like what's happening. And, and what they're trying to do is get a category for the Stunt Coordinator who definitely deserves to be honored in yeah. the Academy Awards because they they write, they design, they build the stunt, they put it all together and they make it happen and make it look great. Now, it would be nice if the performer was sure. also given an award. Right. But first and foremost, I think the stunt coordinator, which our stunt coordinator was Andy Gill, works with Sparrow all the time. Yeah. Amazing guy. Puts all this stuff together. And and you just go, they give technical awards. They give all these awards to everybody. CGI gets awards. And, yeah. and they're not even in front of camera. Right. CG gets awards and they don't. 
Yeah, yeah it's nuts. So, yeah. you know, it's just wrong. And, and I don't understand why it won't change. They do also use, when they're promoting the Academy Awards, they use all of our action footage. <laughs> and SAG's made a deal with them that they don't have to pay us the extra money to even use it. And they're using it to get to gain audience, and they're not even paying us. The unsung heroes of the movie world. Not to mention that if you know all the jobs that anyone's doing in the movies, you're the closest ones to dying. Right? Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What you do is dangerous. Um, In your career, obviously, you've done a lot of movies. Actually, before I ask this question, I just want to go over something really quickly. So, since your career started, I'm going to list just a couple of the people that you've worked with. Some of the guys that you've doubled. You people may have heard of some of these actors. Movies you've been in. uh, Guys you've been on set with. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Tom Hardy, Tom Cruise, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Nick Cage, Brad Pitt, Will Smith. Keanu Reeves, George Clooney, Bruce Willis, Sylvester Stallone, and Wesley Snipes. Just to name a few. Of the males. Uh, of the males. Yeah. So whose onset presence of those guys stands out the most in memory? I'd have to say Arnold. Schwarzenegger? Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time with Arnold yeah. working on T2, and uh, I did Kindergarten Cop, ah. and we were on location up in uh, Cannon Beach, Oregon, and hanging out, and He's just a cool guy. He remembers what it was like, you know, when he started. Yeah. And uh, we just went around doing all kinds of stuff, you know, all the stunt people in Arnold. And he can be a really, really cool guy. Yeah. I believe it. We'd love to get Schwarzenegger on the show oh, sometime. that'd be amazing. Come I'm on, sure, I Arnold, bet he'd please. Like it. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love Schwarzenegger. I've always been a fan. He's like, my, you know, I have my, my bucket list he, in my head of my top 10 interviews. I think Schwarzenegger's a top 10 for me. Oh, yeah, he's incredible. Uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty incredible. Uh, and uh, he actually showed up at the Taurus World Stunt Awards this year. Just oh, cool. a surprise um, thing and said how much that stunt people meant to him. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially, I mean, a guy, a guy whose career is, fa- is founded on big budget gigantic action movies you'd, you'd imagine that that is somebody who would probably greatly appreciate it yeah, yeah. Um, but then again there's a lot of people who got in the same position that don't exactly you've yeah. got that right and he really does appreciate us which it's nice to be appreciated yeah well, yeah before that. before the show you would you talked about uh, angelina jolie mm-hmm. and how she was one of the few actresses or even actors that really really paid attention to what you were doing and wh- right. what exactly were you saying about well i was on wanted and also on taking lives i was doing a car I doubled her driving and also Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And every time that I worked with her, she would want me to show her what she would actually be doing, you know, so that it looked realistic. Sure. And most of the actors don't care, especially the actresses. They just don't care and they won't even look at you. Right. But Angelina really, okay, you know, is this right? Do I have this right? You know, can I... What can I do to make this look real? Movements, everything. Yeah. She wants this. She wants yeah. to be on it. Yeah. And I just, I think she's a heck of an action star. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's really good. I mean, that's an interesting thing is when you think about the caliber of actress that she is. Right. I mean, Academy Award nominated? Is that? She's won Academy Award. She won one? Girl Interrupted. She won for that? Yeah. Oh, I must have totally forgotten about that. I, I remember her getting nominations. I didn't realize she'd won. I believe so. I hope I'm not putting my foot in my mouth, but she's, I'm pretty positive. At the very least, she has multiple nominations. Yeah. Um, it's insane to think that like somebody of that level is also an action star. It's very rare. You don't yeah. see that many of them, right? Right. You know what I mean? You see Charlize Theron, Angelina Jolie. Right. There's not many more. There's only a few. Maybe, maybe I'm sure there's a couple I'm forgetting, but it's a sh- it's a short list. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and she's a legitimate badass. She she carries. Yeah. Her. You know what I mean? No, she is. And when we did Wanted, she was actually hanging off the vehicle. That's awesome. When we were doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Who's more badass, her or Brad Pitt? 
Her? <laughs> um, probably her. <laughs> I love it. I'll I take it. it. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, all right. So you've worked on over 200 films dating back to as far as the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you seen the industry change, better or worse? I mean, since since you started. There's good and bad. Uh, when I first started in the industry, things were pretty dangerous. Uh, all of the stunt equipment was really hard on your body and... Um, you know, you never said anything if you got hurt. You just got up and limped away. And yeah. so a lot of that has changed for the better. Um, but I do like the fact that it was a smaller community. Everyone knew everyone else. Right. And we all worked together. It was much more like a close-knit family. Sure. Huh. That's cool. Now, since everyone decided, you know, that they want to be a stunt person right. and they're doing movies all over the country, the influx of stunt people has just gone up exponentially. Yeah. It used to be if uh, somebody said, do you know so-and-so? And I didn't know them. They weren't valid. Right, you know, right. They weren't a valid stunt person. But now... Do you know uh, Sue Lynn LaFontaine? <laughs> okay, I went to see the movie a second time yeah. just to watch and see if she was anywhere even in the background. Yeah. She was not even in the background. And she said that she even got actor credits because she's ha- had so much screen time. I just don't know what's wrong with people. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Especially in this day and age where they you can... can fact check in a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 Weird. So crazy. So you started riding motorcycles when you were six years old. Yes. And you did your very first stunt for uh, Death Trap, I believe? Death Sport. Death Sport, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, when you were 18 years old, when you jumped the ravine. Yes. When did you know that you were like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do stunts for a living. This is what I want to do. Um, I, had, I was watching a TV show, and there was supposed to be a girl riding a motorcycle, and the, the girl's neck was this big, and her shoulders were that that wide you right. know? and it was clearly a guy and I went I could do that I was riding for Yamaha at the time riding national competition yeah you were the sponsored men. by them yeah and so um, I looked into how to get in and you either had to have a Screen Actors Guild card which you had to have it somehow yeah right. or you had to ha- know somebody who could get your su- get you in and I didn't have either so I just went and rode nationals for the next uh, three months and then my dad's sponsor, because my dad was sponsored by a motorcycle company, um, he happened to know a stunt coordinator, and the stunt coordinator was talking to him, Gene Hartline, and said, hey, I need this girl. There's nobody in the business who can ride like the caliber that I need. Yeah. And he goes, well, call Debbie. Here's here's Dave's number. Yeah. And um, I was signed up for my second year of junior college, and I've never looked back since. Wow. I was thinking about it the other day, and I went, I don't God, even... I like chills just I, hearing that. That's I so cool. I don't even think I withdrew from my classes, because I found what I was meant to do. <laughs> right. You're like, I'll just fail out. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah. gone. Later. Yeah. You're uh-huh. in. And you thank, you thank Gene Hartline in your very first... The first time you won a Taurus Award, I yes. believe. Yeah. Yes. For, for Fast and Furious. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was so happy to be able to tell him thank you you know in front of everybody it was pretty amazing yeah, that's, i can imagine yeah. that's really cool um if you so so assuming that you hadn't found your dream have you ever thought about what else you would have done i mean that's a young age to just know you're just in yeah i was so fortunate but um i've always loved photography okay so either a photographer or 
um, someone who helps other people, like with uh, life situations, counseling. Okay. okay. So, you know, I've always wanted to help other people. So that would be probably it. But I know that I was made to do this. Clearly. Because even after three kids, yeah, um, people said, well, if you get married, you won't work. If you have a child, you're not going to work. If you turn down location jobs, you won't work. None of it's been true for me. Right. You have three kids, boys or, boys or girls? Two boys and a girl. Would you let any of them be stunt drivers? Uh, my middle son is. Really? Already? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What What is he worked on? Is um, there anything we'd know? Or is he, like, on his way up? Or He's on his way up. Okay. okay. So he's he worked on TED, and he's been doing some sure. different things. And he's he's getting a good start. He's just 21. Cars or motorcycles? Oh. Both? Both. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And he's good, an amazing good mom. Yeah, he's amazing, absolutely. <laughs> he's an amazing free runner and uh, does all kinds of other stunts as well. And that's what, what was funny about my thing was I was always an athlete, so I loved anything physical, anything yeah. active. And when I got in and I saw that they try to do everything safely and break it down, and it was more like an athletic performance, yeah. I... I was going, oh, this is cool. And then on my first job, they handed me a sword, a broadsword. And they said, <laughs> okay, you know, I'd been riding the motorcycle the whole time. Yeah, right. They said, okay, why don't you to jump off this embankment and swing the sword at the motorcycle? <laughs> and I went, you're going to pay me to play? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and the coordinator's going, shh, shh, shh. Because, you know. Yeah, right. You're <laughs> you on set, but still, that's. <laughs> yeah. But I just love my job, and I wish I could still do all the physical stuff as well. Right, yeah. But, you know, I'm happy that at this stage in my career, I'm still wanted for all the motorcycle and some of the... um, some of the motorcycle stuff and all of the car stuff. Well, we're gonna, I'm going to have just you say, cue yeah. up your demo reel in the background here while we keep talking, just because there's a few things. I, and, and the first thing that's shown in the demo reel is, is this extended sequence from The Matrix Reloaded. Just right. mind-blowing. And it starts out, and it's you know it's driving to cars, and then it switches to this motorcycle sequence where you're going against traffic and weaving between cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what? I was... Yeah. yeah. It's all I'm like, it's all real. That's yeah. all. You yeah. don't even need a demo reel. Just show that. Right. Like <laughs> you can probably cut it after the first minute and people be like, "I want her on my film." And you look a lot like Carrie Ann Moss there. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was a really great experience because a lot of times when I go and I watch a film that I've done, yeah. I'm really hard on myself and I go, I drove the CTS as well, the Cadillac. Yeah. But um I look at myself and I go, that's stunk. And then the second time I watch it, oh, that's not so bad. And the yeah. third time, it's like, oh, that was pretty good. Right. This one, I watched it, and I, and as soon as the sequence was over, I just went, yeah, yeah. Because because they they photographed everything well, they cut it, edited it well, and it just all came together with so much energy that they. They caught it. That's so crazy. I mean, this is literally probably the most badass scene on the highway in the whole movie. You know, yeah. this, this the highway chase scene. We had four lanes of traffic with four cars making lane changes. Now, they mixed some of it up with some CG. Right. The, the incredibly close, you know, with the trucks and all yeah. that. But um, we did all of it for real, which was just... You wouldn't think you could do that. In fact, the brothers, the Wachowski brothers... Yeah, huh um, they were going to do all of it CG, and the coordinator R. A. Rondell said, "We can do this for real." Yeah, and I got he, this girl. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you just went, we can do it for real. And that, that crash sequence where all those cars are crashing, Yeah. none of it's CG. That's really? so crazy. The only thing that's CG is the guy jumping oh, and right, landing, the... landing on the uh, car and stuff yeah. like that. Wow. That's insane. Uh, would you do you have a, a favorite film you've ever done stunts on, or have you ever driven for? Is this the one? I would say this one, The Matrix. Yeah, yeah Matrix. Which you won yeah. another Taurus Award for? Yes, Taurus. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? Yeah, <laughs> you watch you watch those clips, and you're just sort of like you're yeah. driving. This was for for Torque practicing for Torque, the movie. I had to learn. You know, if you would think a mom in her forties, a mom of three in her forties, you would walk up to somebody and say. Mama Three is going to do all these bike stunts that she's never done before. Yeah. You go, yeah, right. Yeah, right. I learned in, in one to two days all of the stunts which were on that demo reel. Wow. Um, That's nuts. I mean, it just goes to show, like, you were literally born to do this. Yeah. You have an incredible talent for it. Like I said, you've been doing this since you were six years old. You've been doing stunts since you were 18. And, and I talked to you about this before the show. Uh, and you kind of just mentioned it now, like, you, you know, you, you are getting a little older, the physical stuff, you can't do as much, but these car chase scenes, you're saying you're ahead of the pack, still. These yeah. 20, 20, 20 to 30 year old stunt drivers that come out, you've got faster reflexes from them. You've, you've been doing this for way longer than them. Like, the experience definitely overshadows that of just being younger, you know? Yeah, the experience level is really important because I can relate so many things that I've done and just inherently know how to do it and what to do. And that started when I started riding my motorcycle when I was six years old. Wow. And you can't, yeah, you can't take that away from somebody who grew up that way. Yeah. Um, and there's very few people that have grown up like I grew up. Yeah, I mean, I didn't start riding motorcycles when I was six. <laughs> the, I don't think I've ever met anyone who started riding motorcycles when they're six. No, I don't know. My ever. son started when he was three and a half. Oh <laughs> well, I, he's got a little bit of help there. Yeah. Um, so I, I, we are we are starting to run a little short on time. So I want to jump in here and start to get to the so, some of the some of the stuff we do at the end of the show, uh, favorite scenes, favorite lines, things yeah. like that. Um, getting back to Furious Seven, I uh, forgot we were talking about Furious Seven. Yeah, right. I was so, <laughs> so enthralled with this. Yeah, I've got a lot more questions I could ask. Um, we'll have to bring you back. I mean, you've been in every movie we're ever going to do on the show, so yeah, we need to have you back. Yeah, I'd like to come back. Uh, it's verbal confirmation. You guys heard it. Yeah, you guys heard it first. <laughs> so let's uh, let's first get into favorite favorite scene. Well, no, favorite line because favorite scene is essentially fist bump. We already did that. Yeah, I mean, I already said mine. It's touchdown, baby. I love it. Like right when that happens. Yeah. it's not even a good line. It's cliche, it's corny, but you know what's coming right afterwards, and it's like the ultimate fist pump moment, favorite line for me. Like, they're totally tied together. I like early when they're explaining, it's they're going over the file, Jason Statham's oh, file. yeah, that's a good one. And it's because when you talk about this, every action movie has a qualifier. Yep. The hero and villain both get qualifiers. In these movies, because it's like a sequel, and we know the heroes, they don't qualify heroes anymore, but villains, it's always like... He spent four months in Sudan and killed 27 people. He's got two Congressional Medals of Honor. Yeah, he's right. in isolation for six months. He's a, you know, he's a shadow the government doesn't like, that kind of thing. So there's a line about uh, uh, Jason Statham when they're going over the file. and I, You have the whole thing written down? I have some of it written down. My, I tried to catch what I could. The, the one that I wrote was where he's like, he's like, the kind of unique asset that no government would admit to employing. Like, right. Yeah, he's like, British Special Forces, assassin. They created a monster. So one time they sent in 20 operatives to retire him. And he's been a ghost ever since. Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh no. That's my that's that's that's, that's, that's the moment good. where I was watching. I was like, that's so good. I was, I was just, yeah. We should just like a game on the show is we should just write those. We should start ranking them. Yeah, yeah. Rank the qualifiers. Yeah, there's some good ones. There's some good. General Hummel, I think, will always win from the run. Uh, that's the best. Yeah, and the Congressional Medal of Holy. Yeah. Um, 
So that's my favorite line. Uh, you gave us yours earlier, Touchdown Baby. Did you yep. have one? No. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, hero and villain ranks. Uh, now, this is a weird one because... There's too many heroes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go, though, and say that thinking about every character The Rock has ever played, Hobbs is my favorite. Yeah. He's my favorite action star character that Hobbs... I don't think there's a better one The Rock's ever played. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I actually randomly turned on G.I. Joe Retaliation last night character. when I was going to sleep. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> character. It's the same character even in the Reno 911 movie, which yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but he comes in, he's like, sorry, I was late. I was just flying a Black Ops mission. No. You know, it's just like one of the... He, he plays that military guy so well. Yeah. I would agree. This is his best This is his best character. Hobbs is my favorite because he saved my life. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, sure. Because, you know, the... the um, the drone hits the back of my car, and yeah. oh yeah, through the cannon. I had to hit a button, and the cannon shoots out, and the explosion goes off. And I go through the the thing like this, and they're shooting at me while I'm going underneath the tunnel and all that. Right, and you actually and when then, the explosion happened, you were up on your front two wheels. Yeah, pushed yeah. Forward I was it. I was actually up on my front two wheels, and it took a turn to the side, and it hit the wall and bounced off, and it was really cool. But you know, they were going to get me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and here comes Hobbs with his ambulance, killer, killer ambulance. One of the best moments. One of the, of the, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just like that early in the movie. Like, how how much time do we think has passed between the time that he's in the hospital with like a broken arm and broken ribs or whatever, and like, a, leg. like like a week, <laughs> not much, like maybe a week, maybe two. a week. Yeah, gets up. Daddy's got to go to work. <laughs> Flexes the yeah. cast out of the cast. Just he's totally good. Just and zero acknowledgement that anything's wrong. He just keeps like cracking his bones. Yeah, he does that like numerous times. That's really all you got to do when you break a bone. Yeah, I think he as a character. So I'm not going to give any credence to the villains. I don't think Statham's villain here is like top fifty or anything. It's no. fine. He's a good villain. He's a but great he's, villain. But yeah, he's not, he doesn't. But Hobbs though, as a hero. Because in the modern day, it really connecting to a, an action character in a way is so fine. It's so hard to find. Yeah, he's a top thirty for me. He might really? be like a top twenty five. Yeah, just because like I try to rank him. He's my favorite modern day action star, and mm-hmm. this is my favorite character that he plays. So I'm gonna say Hobbs mm-hmm. is a top twenty five. He might even be higher if I really thought. If I really ranked, he might even break the top twenty. Wow. That's huge. He's awesome. He dude. is awesome. I mean, he's in the movie for like ten minutes. Yeah, but he also has roles in five and six. Yeah, that's true. So as a character, uh, I don't know, man. I'm gonna have to maybe go top fifty. Okay, you don't like him? I, I do love him. Yeah, I do think he's great, but I don't know. I, I, I when I think action star, he carries the film for me, and he's in the whole thing. Okay, it's fair. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that, that's like a good ju- good justification. Okay. Um, any thoughts? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Re- uh, recasting the movie. So, uh, recast. This is one of the ones that we like to have you guys join in on. So, again, if you're if you're watching the show, feel free to comment, tweet at us about it, uh, who you think the recasts were. We we chose five actors to recast. It's a hard one because there's so many people. Right. You could, you could, in theory, try to recast anyone from Tyrese to Ludacris to Adana Brewster. But uh, we decided to go with... Uh, Jason Statham, The Rock, Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, and Michelle Rodriguez. I right. think that's kind of the five. It might even be too many, but... Uh, I'm going to let you start on this one. Yeah, well, I went modern day because you and I, we always... I know you went uh, oh, yeah. from the past. So we often do we old all, movies. Yeah, and we always have so many of the same people when we do the same recast. So the sheet know? says modern, because but this is a modern movie. Right. So I went old, you went new. Yep. This will be interesting. It'll be good because, you know, we don't have the same people like always. Yeah. Uh, so do you want me to just go through all five of them? Or are you going to uh, do one one? Let's do one. one. Let's do one. Okay. So I'm going to start with Statham. Okay. And I went uh, Benedict Cumberpatch. Oh, Yeah. Oh, but do you think he's physical enough? I think if you watch Star Trek Into Darkness when he's fighting Spock yeah. on top of the ship, 
He's kind of a badass. Okay. And he can fight, and it's believable, and I love his voice, and he's evil, and yeah. I could see him playing this role. It's hilarious that you would say Cumberbatch, because I went with a similarly, like, sort of non-physical foreign actor. Really? Jeremy Irons. I was oh, thinking Die Hard 3, Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's That's, great in that. And we kind of hit the same mark with it. Like, absolutely. The four, like the foreign, really intense, great actor who can do action a little bit. Right. Super intense villain. I think that's really funny. That is interesting. Uh, The Rock. I went Jason Momoa. Aquaman. Yeah. Solid. Same body type, same type of look. Uh, He's one of the few people that I think could actually, like, walk into a, a place and look kind of like The Rock. Sells the physicality doesn't sell a big smile. No. That's and I think that I think what you need out of the Rock's character in these movies, he almost has to upstage the whole cast, which he, he has, does. Right, which is and that's why I think Momoa I don't maybe he'll prove me wrong in Aquaman, but I haven't seen him do it yet. Yeah. Cal Drogo in in uh, Game of Thrones, he just doesn't talk much. Right. Uh, he's just intense. I I went uh I went Schwarzenegger. I mean, oh. Love it. Dutch. Like, you just, he needs to come in and just, uh, you know, it's take big, care of business. It's hard with The Rock. We, we compare, like, Rock, like, he's, because he's the modern day guy, right. you go back to that old school and, like, you have to think the biggest if you really want to compare anybody who can physically match up to what he does. Uh, so that's why I went with, uh, with Schwarzenegger. Interesting. Who do you have for Vin Diesel? <laughs> I think I'm just going to talk about him every show, Tom Hardy. Oh, he's see Vin Diesel to me is almost laughably he's laughably Keanu Reeves ish in his in right. his in his like Hardy's too high caliber of an actor. I know he is. He's too good of an actor to, to do it. Yeah, but maybe he's a good enough actor to dumb himself down. Like it's not like Vin Diesel's dumb. It's just like he just doesn't he doesn't you don't watch him. and You're just like you're like if you were in a different movie you'd be nominated for an Oscar. Right. It's kind of like you are a total action guy. You're an action guy. Yeah, like Hardy can do action, but he's like. He's like an he's Oscar a legit actor. He's gonna I just like Oscar. to talk about him every episode. I know we want to talk about him already. <laughs> you know who I went with was Stallone because because of the Everyman thing. You're like doing Expendables 20 years ago. Right I know, now. yeah, yeah a little it. bit, a little bit. Uh, I thought Mickey Rourke for a second also Expendables. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Um, but he's in, the, in those days. Mickey Rourke was real pretty. Yeah, that's um, true. he's kind of wasn't. He hadn't. He didn't become a badass until later in his career. Actually, yeah, early Mickey Rourke is a like diner era and like angel heart you know nine and a half weeks maybe work mm-hmm. he's smoldering with the eyes like right, he's, he right. was a complete pretty boy wasn't a badass yet for rodriguez i went uh zoe saldana that's good yeah, yeah. it's very it's easily replaceable yeah absolutely i went gi jane era demi moore i love gi jane yeah <laughs> double demi yeah oh, you know yeah. that which oh. one charlie's angels too oh sweet I okay drove, i drove the cobra Oh, nice. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's when she came back and everybody was like, how does she look 25 Right, again, she looks right? incredible. Yeah. She was like 40 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she looked great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for Paul Walker, I, you actually did have one for Paul Walker that you had mentioned before the show. Yeah, Steve McQueen. Old school Steve McQueen. And that's, again, that's like so uh, indicative of his role. Is just that super handsome, like everybody kind of loved him. Bad boy. So, well, but there's, there's a sense of knowing that Paul Walker loves cars. Right. Yeah. Steve McQueen loves cars and motorcycles. Right. You know, and so to me that really plays well. Right, especially since you're saying Paul Walker was the best driver on set. Like that's that's pretty cool. I mm-hmm. like that. I, that's yeah. a good cast. Uh I went Chris Pratt. Oh, that's modern fantastic. Day. That's great, right? Yeah. He that's it's excellent. I wouldn't even be surprised if like in eight it's announced that Chris Pratt is like replacing like not replacing Paul right, Walker, but, but he's like in it somehow. Well they need to have you need Paul Rocker's role has to be like a sort of you need that guy yeah that role has to be filled yeah. not replaced but like you can't I mean that's what this franchise is going to become you're just going to rotate guys as, as it goes forward because if you're getting into the 8th ninth, 10th movie at a certain point like 
you need new people. You need new blood to reinvigorate yeah. the franchise. So you will you will have guys stepping in. Do you know already? No, no I was oh. just seeing a picture of uh, Cocoon. You know, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> they're all in a geriatric right. home and yep. they have to bust out and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> solve this problem. It's like Red Three, except it's it's fast. Yeah, right. Um, all right, I went with um, this is a weird one. This is the only weird one. I okay, went with Jason Priestley, nine hundred two one zero arrow Jason. Really? Priestley. Yeah, I get it. He just he had the pretty boy thing going. Yeah, like, it's mm-hmm. like I I feel like now I wouldn't go with now, but if you were recasting like to start the franchise. Because I was thinking, you have to think, like, who would you go with who could have pulled off Paul Walker, like, 2001 Paul Walker. And that's, like, in 2001, mm-hmm. he was in the same stage in his career, like, Priestley was when 902 and was huge. Right. Kind of pretty boy that everyone loved. Mm-hmm. Nobody really thought he could act. Seven movies later, obviously, he's a totally different place in our hearts and our minds. Absolutely. But you figure if Priestley was lucky enough to get involved with a franchise like this at the beginning, maybe he would have turned out to be the same kind of thing. That was kind of what I was thinking. Okay. It's like a stretch. I know it's funny. You have, like, movie star, movie star, movie star, movie star. Jason Priestley. Jason Priestley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, so that's recast. So now we're going to get into the last category of the show, which is... It should be a pretty easy one. Yeah, it's pretty um, straightforward. Yeah, so what we do with this, guys, is we, we establish that there are three action movie categories. And those categories are totally ridiculous. That is like fall off a cliff of absurdity. Uh, we often use face-off as the best example of that. That's a good example. Uh, totally legitimate, <laughs> which is like, you know, that's like sort of the action movies that almost pass as just like normal movies. And that's like Fugitive, th- like Die Hard, like movies yeah. that are very memorable. They don't they don't really lose much. You don't uh, have to spend disbelief at all, really. Yeah, they're. I mean, they have some. They're action movies. Yeah. But, and then the last category, which is sort of our favorite, is ridiculously legitimate, which mm-hmm. is the combo. It's like it's like the perfect hybrid of absurd and awesome, campy lines, but good plotting, super memorable. The Rock is the best example because it's right. like our favorite movie ever. Um, the Rock, the movie, not the Rock. The yeah. Actor, though I do love both. I, yeah, I'm a big, big fan. I'm just gonna go on record here and say this is totally ridiculous in an awesome way. Yeah. But it is definitely totally ridiculous. I mean, it ties into my thesis. This movie is totally ridiculous, but it is so enjoyably watchable. You almost want to give it that perfect pinnacle category. Yeah. But you fly through three buildings, you know, it just, you got, <laughs> yeah, you lose, you, you got to, yeah, you can't do that. So, totally ridiculous. Debbie Evans, do you concur? Yes, I do. Yeah. Hard not to. Hard yeah. not to. Uh, so, yeah, that pretty much wraps it up for us. Yeah, that's uh, it for us. Uh, that's going to do it. Yeah. Debbie, thank you so much. For coming by. Oh, my pleasure. This it, was fun. It was a joy to have you on the show, truly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. I mean, we really could, like, we could just ask you, I want to just open your IMDb and just start asking you questions. Right. So uh, we'll have to bring you back for another episode, because I feel like we can go forever. Okay, great. Sounds good. Um, awesome. Yeah, guys, thank you all for watching, and uh, we will catch up with you, catch up with you next week. Producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. <laughs>